When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Folks, uh, just wanted to let you know up top, this next segment, I get a little emotional. I talk about some dark stuff uh, revolving around death. So if that's not your thing, which I totally get, you can skip ahead to the Will Smith beating the shit out of Chris Rock segment, which I will put in the timestamps, or you can skip past all of that and get right to me and Sophie Ross talking about the pop culture moments of the week. But I wanted to let you know what we're about to hit right here is the passing of Mr. Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. Folks, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. That was the Foo Fighters. Now, I usually start the show with a mashup. And uh, instead, I, I, I started with a live song from the Foo Fighters. That's called uh, This Year. And it was one of those songs for me, you know, it's, it's weird, you know, it's a very heavily borrowed song from the Beatles with the chord progressions throughout. Um, but for some reason, you know, there's those songs that hit you. And what I love about songs is that different songs hit different people. Like that song hit me probably won't hit you. Um, but it always meant something to me, uh, as does a lot of the Foo Fighters music. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up at the start of the show is I want to get this out of the way because we got a lot of laughs ahead of us and we laugh so much with each other. But I also think it's appropriate to honor and uh, and shout out the people that have brought joy to your life. And I would like to give a huge shout out to the Foo Fighters and one Mr. Taylor Hawkins who uh, passed away. Unfortunately, this uh, fri- this past Friday in Colombia, uh, they were set to headline a bunch of shows in South America, and he has passed away, the drummer of the Foo Fighters. And I've seen the Foo Fighters like four or five times live. Now, I talked a little bit about this in the Patreon episode today, so shout out to the baddies. I'm so sorry if you've already heard this, uh, but I'm going to speak to everybody else, um, and I'll try to differ it up a little bit, but... You know, Foo Fighters is one of those bands that everybody knows a Foo Fighters song, right? But they're also not a complicated band. Um, Their music is really straightforward. You're there to have a good time. There's like some really great points made in a very simple way. And it does what it needs to do. And what I always loved about Foo Fighters is that there was no kind of... um, you know, sometimes I talk about this show, like, I hate when people are too cool for school. Foo Fighters was never too cool for school. Foo Fighters invited everybody in, you know? They were like, you want to have a good time? Let's have a good time. Like, it was very, very simple in the best way possible. And when you saw them live, when you saw Dave Grohl or Taylor Hawkins or Pat Smear or any of the rest of that, that, that great band, you felt like you were watching musicians that were appreciative of where they were at you know people that were fans like us they want they made a band and they got to do 
what they always love to do. And Taylor Hawkins, you know, think about it. To be a drummer in a band fronted by Dave Roll, the drummer from Nirvana, and an amazing drummer, and for that not to even be a thing because Taylor Hawkins was that good, that you didn't really question it. You weren't ever like, damn, Dave Grohl should be like, Dave Grohl would do this thing during the live show where they would switch off and Taylor Hawkins would sing. In fact, I saw him last month at Innings Fest in Arizona, my first festival back, and uh, I'm so glad I went now. And they, they switched off, and Taylor Hawkins did a beautiful rendition of uh, Queen's Somebody to Love. And this this man had a voice like this. But also, it just breaks my heart because you sensed a bunch of people that were really appreciative of where they're at in this entertainment landscape, really thankful. I mean, they were really kind of one of the last bastions of rock and roll because, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but hip-hop, R&B, country, all of those genres are way above rock right now. And it's one of those things that you hope it's not this dying art form because ugh, it feels so good to rock out sometimes, right? And that's just nerdy for me to even say, rock out, right? But it is. It's it's fun. But I have so many Foo Fighters memories, and uh, I, I won't share them all with you here today, but I... I I got to see them, like I said, four or five times, but this show, like I don't, this show, I always want to have the spirit of a Dave Grohl or a Foo Fighters where I want to be able to let everybody in and I want everybody to be excited about how many beautiful things that were around. I'm not talking about the Will Smith hit tonight. That's not beautiful. We'll talk about that in a second. And believe me, how dare you, Will? How dare you? I wanted this to be an easy night. I mean, now you got me at two, almost two in the morning talking about this shit. This show should be done, and I have to come on and do an Oscar review, which should have just been, like, boring, but now I have to talk about something real. But whatever. I loved Foo Fighters because I love passion. You guys know that about me. Like, I really dig people that dig what they do. I love excitement. Excitement is such a cool feeling. It's so much better than hating something, right? Hate gives you passion as well, but when you're excited about something, the passion that gets, it's so pure. And Foo Fighters for me was that. It was kind of pure. Dave Grohl is pure. He wants everybody to have fun, to rock out. He always made you feel special going to one of their shows. You always felt like you were a part of something. And Taylor, the drummer, was a huge part of that. Now, we're going to hear a lot of stuff in the next upcoming weeks. Uh, you know, he had supposedly 10 drugs in his system. And uh, I know he had a cardiac disturbance. Um, and we're going to hear a lot about that stuff. But just remember, I, I said this on the Patreon today, and, and is it, we all have our demons. If you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or a food addict or this or that, it doesn't make you a not lovable person. It doesn't make you this kind of force of darkness. It just means that you're battling with something yourself. And and we, the humans, we can hide that stuff so well now, right? We hide our problems so well. A lot of people pass away and then you hear about like, I had no idea that person was going through something. And we'll find out all about that stuff. But it's just tragic because he was only 50 years old. And that band, you know, we need bands like that. We need people 
with full of passion, full of excitement. We need to encourage that people that are all inclusive, all of these things. Uh, I don't know. So that band, me personally, I've listened to them on so many occasions. It truly is a soundtrack to my life in these weird ways. Like I remember there's a song called rope, uh, off, uh, their chasing light album. And I, I put that on my marathon running list because yeah, your boy ran a marathon at one point when he first quit smoking, God, was that eight or nine years ago now? And I, 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 I hated it. Like I've told you this before. I never, everybody told me I would like love run. I would get to love running and never happened. Every stride was painful, but I remember that song was on every one of my running playlists. So many of their songs. I saw Dave Grohl when he had broke his leg and they made this big um, chair for him. It was like a rock god chair. And he played the whole show from this chair when he broke his leg. And it was just as good as somebody with two legs. Like he was even giving more. So I wanted to say shout out to Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins family. He has two teenage kids. I, I just... Man, there's so much shit in the world. And we've we've all gone through it, right? I was saying on the Patreon today is that one of the biggest weird things about being a human on this earth is that we all know that we all die and we walk around just thinking everything's cool. <laughs> you know, like we all walk around and we all know deep down that none of us make us out make it out of this. Like there's not one of us that make it out of it. But we 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 walk around like, this isn't a thing, you know, until it is a thing. And then we have to deal with it and face it. And it's like this kind of horrific thing. So I guess the whole point is, until the meantime, let's have fun with each other. Let's let's communicate. Let's bond with each other. I know this sounds so cheesy. You might be rolling your eyes at work or in your car or whatever because it's Monday. I get it. You're less than 20% of the, uh, of the way through the week. And you don't want somebody like me, a podcaster, in his bed. Right now, podcasting, telling you about life. How dare he? But I wanted to let you know that, man, I'm scared sometimes. I am. I get sad a lot. I get sad thinking about you or me or my parents passing away. I get scared. I get scared. We have, I have so many heroes in this world. And as you get older, you watch them go too. And I know one day I will go as well. And I know this is so serious. And I know it's not what you signed up for on a Monday. But I wanted to share it with you guys because that's the reality of the situation. And we're going to have to get through a lot of this shit together, right? This is not going to stop here. This isn't going to stop here. So we have to learn how to deal with it. We learn have to learn to pay respect and we have to learn to keep their memories alive. You know, I always think about my uncle. My uncle lived in uh, Glendale, California and uh, big lawyer, a very well-respected lawyer. He was the head of Forest Lawn, which is one of the biggest uh, funeral plot lands or whatever you want to call it in, I think, in not only California, but the world. And uh, just the coolest, nicest, gentlest dude. Uh, you know, he loved very simple things. He loved hiking. My love of hiking is from my Uncle Dale. He, in fact, when he passed, he gave me away. He gave me all of his hiking notes in his hiking book. And it's one of the my proudest things I've ever gotten in my life, all of his like hiking notes. And that's why I try to hike as much as I do. Cause I know part of it's like paying respect to him. Right. 
And I remember, I remember when he got diagnosed with brain cancer, my dad came up and I've told this story uh, on a pod, the podcast like years ago. So I don't know if you're new to the show. Welcome. I swear to God, we'll get to the joke soon. Um, but I remember it was me, my dad and my uncle and my uncle, they had like a hospital bed in the downstairs area of his home. And it was me and him and we were playing the beach boys greatest hits. And we were playing that cause it was like my uncle's favorite music during high school. And me and my dad were drinking white wine. We drank a lot of white wine. And we sat around, we talked. And my Uncle Dale, you'd look at him, and he would just be looking at the ceiling. And I always wondered if he was thinking about his life. If he was thinking about, wow, did I do everything that I wanted to do? Did I get to say everything I wanted to say? And I was so proud of my dad because that's his big brother, you know. And he handled it so cool. He'd be like, Dale, what are you, what are you doing? What are you looking at? What are you doing? You thinking about that girl from high school? You thinking about how you, you know, like, and he would, and you would see Dale smile. And then we were back to drinking and I, if remember, I just remember it blew my fucking head off. Of these moments that we all go through because none of us escapes this. You, everybody listening has gone through something like this. Nobody, nobody hasn't. And I'm just talking about this. Because we talk so often and I get confused about things like this. Sometimes I don't know how to handle, not handle, but I want to look at life. I want to look at the positive side of things, you know? But it's hard. It's hard. I don't think any of this made sense, but anyways, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. I'll have more to say on this. I I don't know, but let's get to uh, let's get to the second tragic thing of the weekend: the Oscars. We did it, folks. We did it. Will Smith, you guys. Now this would have been a totally first off. Oscars started off great. Beyonce in a lime green, like in a tennis ball outfit, singing from Compton. Do you know how much I love Beyonce? What a great way to start. Also, um, the Oscar host, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, did good. Good. No problem. I don't know why they needed three of them. I don't know. It is funny now that we're not talking about the host anymore, are we? <laughs> it's like a non-issue. So the, the unfortunate thing why this Oscars will be remembered, and it scares me. Because, man, this, you got to give your hats off to Bravo. This is a Bravo fucking Bravo Oscars ceremony because we got a slap. We got a slap in the middle of the show and it shook things up so much that I couldn't even 
catch a breath for the rest of the, the, the Oscars. Like I was gone after that moment. So what happened folks is, you know what, let me, let me play it for you guys. Let, I want you to hear this. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick, my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, so basically, folks, <clears throat> what you just heard, uh, this was actually from an Australian telecast because in America they uh, were on a time delay and they edited, not edited, but they turned the sound off completely. So we could see it, but we couldn't hear it. And basically Chris Rock came out for best documentary, you know, and and uh, Questlove Summer of Soul won, which is so sad because it kind of took away from his moment. It's a beautiful documentary. You can see it on Hulu for free. Highly recommend Summer of Soul. Um, but basically he came out and he was making this dumb joke about Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. They were both nominated, but they both can't win, right? And then he brought it over to Will and Jada and he said, oh, you know, Will wins. It's fine. Jada. And then he goes, look forward to seeing G.I. Jane 2. Look forward to seeing your work in G.I. Jane 2 because she has a, you know, pretty much a shaved head. Now, I am not oh, I was not aware about Jada's struggles with alopecia. I really, truly am not. And I I, I, I I'm I'm so pissed at myself that I'm not because I pride myself on being really up on entertainment and pop culture. I might be tuning Jada Pinkett a little out. You know, because she does happen to say so much about, well, both Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith say so much about their personal lives that I sometimes tune them out. In fact, we have uh, the hosts of Say Bible, uh, Natalie and Kathleen, Natalie, of course, who runs Nori's Black Book. They're on the show. And we have this beautiful two hour conversation, which you'll hear this week, which actually Will and Jada get brought up because we were bringing up how Will even revealed that he gets sick after he orgasms. He brought that up like they share so much through the Red Table talk and all of this stuff. That sometimes you're like, oh, OK, we get it. I get it. I get it. Everything's, you know, I get all, you have so many feelings. I appreciate it. But um, I, I I wasn't aware she was battling alopecia. Now, I don't know if Chris Rock knows. I know Chris Rock did a documentary called Good Hair, which is about, I believe, African-American women's hair. So, yeah, you would think he would be sensitive to the topic or it's a fucking G.I. Jane joke, folks. It's a G.I. Jane joke, folks. It, it's It's not that it's a stupid joke. Like, this dude is one of the best to ever do it in terms of stand-ups, Chris Rock. And I will say Will Smith, one of the best actors to ever do it. And I want to really specify, I don't mean black actors, I mean actors. That guy is a fucking phenomenal actor. And especially if you see where he started off on the first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to where he is now, my God, it gives everybody hope. But that man is truly, truly gifted. And he deserved to win that Oscar tonight. In fact, I've said that before. What an excellent performance on a career of excellent performances. And that is why I'm so damn mad at that man. On a national stage to, to get up out of your chair and to smack 
Chris Rock. And by the way, I've watched it so many times now. Fucking smack the shit out of him. It's so frustrating. We can't even we can't even agree in this country if this is wrong or not. And I, I hope you don't hate me here, but I'm gonna tell you it's wrong. We gotta at least agree on this that it's not right to slap somebody on the biggest night of of your public life. You're so looked up to. You're such a hero to so many. So many kids look up to you, and that's what you do? Over a G.I. Jane joke? And yes, what what it made me do is just worry about Will Smith. That dude must be going through hell right now. And I got to tell you, like, it doesn't really make me that, you know, want to root for him and Jada's relationship. And I haven't for a while. I've done this podcast. Like, I mean, remember the song Entanglement that Jada's lover did? Like, you know, they have an open relationship. Remember? It doesn't seem like open relationships are like the coolest, most healthy thing. It really seems like there's a lot of like shit that the people take on and keep and really possibly react badly. Now, I'm all for checking up for the people you love. I am. And by the way, what a dumb joke from Chris Rock, huh? Stupid. And if you're sensitive about your alopecia, cut. but I will say also, Jada Pinkett Smith, one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood with a shaved head or with hair, you know? Just a beautiful woman. A classically beautiful woman, too. I'm trying trying to be no, not creepy. I don't mean hot. I mean classically beautiful. It's a different thing. No, but I was so disappointed in that. And I, I'm so disappointed in so much of the dis- discourse already. It got annoying real quick. You know, because by the way, this is this is an Oscar moment. This is what we're going to talk about. But it's just frustrating after the couple of years that we've been in. It's like, man, Will Smith deserved that Oscar. And now there's always going to be some asterisk. And this guy, you know, and then you had Denzel Washington and, uh, you know, uh, Medea was Tyler Perry, you know, kind of consoling him and confronting him. And and Denzel, king, king of actors. But I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but he, Will Smith did a movie called Six Degrees of Separation based on the play. Uh, of the same name that I love. And Will Smith fucking knocked it out of the park again. Stockard Channing was in that movie. I, I believe Donald Sutherland. But in that movie, he kisses a man. And he, I remember Premiere Magazine used to be this beautiful, glossy magazine that I would get every month as a kid. Just, prem, it was a Premiere movie magazine. It was called Premiere. And uh, Denzel was quoted as saying, telling Will, don't ever kiss a man on screen. That does not make you look good. So Denzel, as, as as much as we all love him and all that, like don't I always like take everybody's advice with a grain of salt. Take all of this shit with a grain of salt. But I'm sorry, I just don't agree. I will never agree with you if you think that was the answer. I just won't. You know, in fact, I've argued, not argued, but I've had discourse with people that I'm close with tonight that I that I, I really respect that have like, no, I understand that. I'm like, really? Like, are it, what? where are we as a people that we're just getting used to this kind of shit? Like, award sh- this is an award show. We're literally kissing asses of actors here, and we can't even keep it together for that? Man, we are, we need to get tethered somewhere to the earth because we are all out to sea at this point. Like, we are hitting people during the Oscars. 
Tell me, like, are you going to go out and see Coda? Did you realize this movie Coda won Best Picture? No. But you do know that Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. I don't know. Did, did anybody want to see Coda after? I think I kind of want to see Coda. The guy won Best Supporting Actor or won Best Film. It's on Apple. It's on Apple. It's free. All of these movies have been on TV already. <laughs> what a weird ceremony. And I used to, I got to say... I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this was that I am old school in the fact that I hated the set design. They had like these couches and like throw rugs. It was like a dorm room or something really fancy dorm room. And I miss the old days when the stage was elevated and you had all those people in just regular seats and they were looking up because it was looking up at something bigger than themselves, you know, like this was like, Oh, we're inviting everybody in. And I'm like, no, no, this is the Oscars, damn it. This isn't just, let's not get super casual. I mean, we're getting so casual where people are feeling free enough to walk on stage and slap the fucking presenter. Like nobody did this to Amy Schumer. I'm trying to think what are the other big moments. Billie Eilish uh, won an Oscar for best song for James Bond. I mean, not a lot of other moments stood out. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, good. If that slap didn't happen, I think we would hear a lot more things about their performance and how, like, you know, that it was good. The Academy Museum segment was a little weird with Wanda Sykes. It was a little, eh. Um, but I, I, the other thing that was weird, I guess, was Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker dry humping on the Oscars red carpet. Uh, it really made me long for Joan Rivers. I would have loved Joan Rivers to just tear into them. Like, who are you, sweetie? Okay, yeah. No, I know it's on E, but why are you here? And you, sir. Tra yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I, I, I would have... Uh, God, you miss people like Joan Rivers. I was thinking about Joan Rivers' memories today because... You know, that was the thing. You would watch the, the E pre-show and then you'd switch over to the Oscars and then you'd watch all the after parties. And and this was, you guys, every Oscars, me and my ex, we would have, we started having like regular Oscar parties. And uh, I remember, man, some were really fun, some weren't. I remember it, the big year we did, I remember so many people didn't show up that had RSVP'd and it was like a tragic night for us. <laughs> We we got mad at people. We were like, how dare you not show up to our Oscar party? I remember I texted somebody, R.I.P. R.S.V.P. It was the most passive-aggressive text I've ever sent in my life. And potentially one of the lamest. Like, <laughs> rest in peace, R.S.V.P. But I did R.I.P. R.S.V.P. to the person that R.S.V.P.'d, but then didn't show up. And I thought I was, I was very dramatic back then, you guys. Um... And it was fun, but like, man, I like, did anybody do Oscar parties this year? I mean, you guys all just didn't invite me or something because I wasn't invited to, I was invited to one Oscar party, but that was it. So we'll hear more and I'll, I'll, I'll update you more with everything. How are you guys doing? It's 31 minutes into the show and I haven't even asked. I feel horrible. I hope you're okay. I know, I know that started off kind of serious with the whole uh taylor hawkins death thing and that's why i just went back to the front of the show and put in a trigger warning ah 
wild, you guys. Also, um, uh, on topic in terms of entertainment, but we truly are in, you know, fuck the movies. TV is where it's at right now. I, if you guys aren't watching, we crashed on Apple TV. It's about the WeWork scandal with Adam Newman and his wife. They're played by Jared Leto, Leto and Anna Hathaway. And it's just excellent. I think they've had five episodes now, and this week's episode was my favorite episode so far. And this thing is under the radar, like a lot of things over on Apple TV are. It's so weird. I do not know their business model, but it seems like they love to spend a lot of money and then not yell from the rafters how good the product is. I mean, Coda is an Apple TV uh, film, and I don't know, for some reason, you know, it's like those things we're attracted to for like, we, we love fucking things on Netflix and we love things on HBO Max, but even Amazon, like Amazon or Apple TV, we don't give it as much due as we should. It's like, there are those parts of this. It, it's like, those are the cool kid, like Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max are the cool kids. Everybody else you really have to make waves to like try to get people to notice you. That's just my own personal feeling. But we are in the golden age of television. The dropout is still killing it on Hulu. You got We Crashed. I'm still thinking about Bad Vegan over on Netflix. There's a new fucking crime documentary on Netflix literally every week. I watched the first episode of Hillsong, the Discovery Plus show about the megachurch uh, gone wrong. I mean, is there a megachurch that's gone right? I, I really... It seems like they're all, I hate to break it to you, there's seems to be a common theme with megachurches. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're always on the up and up. Could just be me. Who knows? Um, so, you guys, I hope you have the best week ever. We are going to have a great week. I have so many great interviews. I'm talking to Mr. Danny Pellegrino on Tuesday. You're going to be hearing him this week. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like an upcoming podcaster. Uh, I think he dreams of writing a book one day. Who knows? Uh, we're going to have some great guests. We're going to have a lot of laughs. Uh, but I want to be honest with you when, when, when I feel something, I'm going to tell you guys, I hope that's okay. And I know, um, I want you to know you can do the same to me. If anything's bothering you, let me know. I got the most beautiful message. I hope I can share with this with you guys as well. Um, I, I got this DM over the weekend or yesterday and I haven't been able to respond back, but I wanted to share it with you guys. Cause I just thought this was so so amazing. Um, and uh, Allison writes, hi, Ryan, because, uh, you know, R-Y-N-E, Ryan from Real Housewives of Orange County. She writes, podcast listener here. I just wanted to thank you for the March 25th episode from the throwback intro mashups to the coffee talk for the first 30 minutes. It really spoke to me. I'm a young, healthy 44-year-old about to be 45 in two weeks, and I was diagnosed with cancer this week and have been completely in my head about it ever since. But for some reason, your podcast is helping me focus on the steps I need to begin taking in changing my approach I need to take as I start this terrible journey ahead of me, starting chemo a few days before my birthday. So thank you for what you do. Love the summer house recaps and we'll be listening during my weekly treatments. Allison, for the love of God, my God, woman, you are amazing. Holy shit, Allison. First off, are we sure we want to be listening to me? Are we sure this is the right headspace? But my God, you are fucking a Titan, man. You are 
Like, you are a rock star. Holy shit, you are doing the right things. Thank you for allowing me to be on this journey with you. And I will be on this journey with you, Allison. I'll be writing you later today. Um, and if there's anything you need from me, I am here for you 100%. You will beat this thing to death, period. We are behind you, period. Do not doubt yourself. It sounds like you have so much strength and fuck cancer and fuck this happening on your birthday week. Fuck that. My birthday is April 25th. Yours is the 28th. Like, fuck this. No, no, no. We celebrate this year, Allison. We celebrate this year. We're going to celebrate next year. We're going to celebrate the next April because you will be around for a very long time and you are doing what you need to do and you are fucking strong. And thank you for this message. This was amazing, and we are all behind you. I'm sorry to be so intense, but this fucking fired me up. Allison, I love you. Thank you. We are all behind you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go to Sophie Ross with the Pop Culture Roundup. It's her birthday today, Sunday, uh, so make sure you wish her a happy birthday. But this is pretty lighthearted. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you. I told the Patreon... But your boy did it again. Uh, I can't believe I didn't lead with this, but I was, this sounds so unbelievable, but I was supposed to get headshots again. I don't know if you guys remember the last time and uh, I did beard dye and my face blew up like the Nutty Professor and I gave myself a staph infection from scratching it. And you would think it would end right there, right? Learned lesson. Guess what? Was at the barber shop on Friday, getting a beard trim, a haircut. She goes, hey. We got new beard dye. It's non like it's like V. It's like hyperallergy. She said it was going to be great, and she said it would would look really good. And you know me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever you want to do, let's do. Like I believe in your art. Like like make me cool. Like make me look good. And she puts it all on, and guys, it looked great. Got me excited about taking headshots. That was Friday. Friday night, all good. Saturday morning, I wake up go to the mirror like I'm like oozing on my face like I wake up with like a pool of ooze and I look in there and it's my my face is blown up twice the size I immediately go to urgent care and yeah the same thing happened I'm on tons of meds that's why I'm a little groggier than usual and this interview was done on Saturday right after I got back and I was on all these meds so a lot of this might not make sense like a lot of this opening didn't make sense I am on four different kinds of medicine right now I've had a lot of shots in my butt I'm on steroids and all this thing that makes you groggy and that's why like you can hear lip smacking sounds because my my mouth is so dry from this medicine anywho <laughs> we've really taken you on a journey before this Sophie interview. So anyways, that's what we're dealing with. Your boy, like guys, that I just want, and I hate to make a generalization about men, but we're stupid. We are just fucking like who the fuck does this two times to themselves. Like I deserve everything that comes my way. I am a, the one of the, I am a world-class idiot. You guys, like, you know this already, but I'm just, like, saying it's okay. Like, we can agree. I'm not going to get my feelings. Like, if you do a joke at the Academy Awards about Ryan being a fucking idiot, I'm not going to come up and smack you because I will be agreeing with you. My face is twice the size. Had to cancel the headshots again. 
No, like the world doesn't want me to get my picture taken. It's too intense for the world. Um, but you guys, here we uh, we're gonna go into this. It's I think it's funny. I I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember it's Sophie's birthday, and her boyfriend took her on a nice uh, nice little trip for her birthday as a surprise. But she still wanted a podcast because she is a champion and an angel. And uh, here she is, Miss Sophie Ross. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your SOPAD It's Good show of the week. Uh, today is going to be potentially a little off because I've had another allergic reaction and I'm on a high dose of medicines right now that I'm a little loopy. But most importantly, uh, it is somebody's, it was somebody's birthday on Sunday. Today, you'll listen to this. It's Monday and we need to celebrate her for all the joy that she brings all of us for all the ideas that she presents in front of us. She has her own podcast now called so true with Sophie Ross, also her Substack, which I always put in every Monday. If you want to go subscribe to that, cause she just released another article about Caroline Calloway, which we are fascinated with. Uh, and maybe we'll even dip into that today, but, uh, Sophie Ross, happy fucking birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So we're recording on Saturday right now. Yeah, you're a professional. You were like, hey, I still I I can't record our normal time, but I'll still I thought you were just bailing out completely and you offered to keep still record. Yeah, I was like, we can do Saturday. But Sunday, I like didn't think we were going to like have anything planned. But my cutie little sweetie (laughs) and (laughs) I know, by the way, I just called my boyfriend cutie and Ryan was like, I bet he like hates that you call him cutie. And I was like, no. At first, at first, those pet names are good. And then as you get further into the relationship, you're like, it's it's like Kyle and Amanda from Summer House. You're like, fine, I'll show you fucking cutie. They don't even have pet names though. It's just Kyle, Kyle. Kyle, Kyle. 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 So let me have fun, Amanda. Yeah. Oh, she's such a fucking bitch. (laughs) That's what my boyfriend's saying about me right now. No, okay. But yeah, this is the last. These are the last hours of my 20s. Dude, dirty 30. Oh, my, are you going to have a twisted fairy tale theme tomorrow? Yeah, I'm having a twisted fairy tale house party. This is my twisted fairy tale, Lindsay. It's said. my birthday. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I guess we got to get right into it. Uh, I'm a little, and just, I really am a little foggy today. So, Sophie, you're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. I, I know. I How are you feeling? Like, are you okay? I'm just more embarrassed than anything else. Like this is such a Ryan thing to do is to do the same damn thing I did a month ago to my face. Like I was supposed to get headshots on Tuesday, which I just canceled. So I got like a haircut, a beard trim, all the, and like it, it, I woke up today with my head twice the size and I went straight to the doctor before the staph infection hit. So I'm on like, like three different types of medicine. They're like, this is going to make you groggy all, but it's just like every time I get going, something like idiot, I, I do this idiotic shit to myself. Like, I think, what is that thing? Munch, I think I'm munchausing myself. You're like I think munch- I'm munchausing myself. Like, I'm trying to keep myself away from success. You're munchausening yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, was it the exact same beard dye as last time? No, the fuck. I went to a professional and they said it was like this non allergy, like hypoallergenic thing. And oh, I thought God. it was good. And then I, I had it all day and I felt fine. And then I went to sleep and then I woke up this and I was having the bizarrest dreams. And I woke up and it was just my face was twice the size. And especially I'm dieting right now as well. So that's never something you want to see of like your diet going in reverse where you're packing on the pounds in your face, you know? 
Oh, well, it'll be, it'll go down in a few days, Ryan. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thank you. I, I feel bad. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry that you're like really, really, really violently allergic to any kind of beard dye. <laughs> when did this happen though? I never used to, I, I've dyed my, like, not fully. Like I've like dyed like parts of my beard for like 15 years. Sorry, cats out of the bag, you guys. And it's nothing's ever happened. And then the last two times something's happened. And I'm like, what the, this is what's growing. This is what growing old is. You can't use beer dye anymore. No, thank you. Can't we like gain allergies as we get older? Like maybe that's what's happening. Oh, it has. I mean, that has to be it. Like this is just my cross to bear. So um, uh, I guess let's jump into it. Let's start with Summer House because I thought it was an epic hour of television. Uh, we did get to see you multiple times in this episode. If you look closely, <laughs> you can see Sophie multiple times. In I the only background saw myself episode. once. And then I my, saw you three times. My sister posted like another shot of me where I didn't even like notice myself. So yeah, I was like in the background a couple of times, just looking good. I was happy though, because my spray tan, I got a spray tan that week. And my spray tan was like so bad, like really blotchy and just like bad. Like I looked like shit that day. So like, I'm glad there weren't any close-ups. Well, we did see you in Luke's red room. That was weird. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why were you tied to the bed? That was so odd. Why not? I, exactly. Luke in his like mad hatter costume. <laughs> Dude, Luke went all out. Like that's like really yeah. intense makeup. Um, so that episode was like insane. Oh, so it was so good. It, it like got your heart. Like it was just nonstop action. Now I started a change.org petition to get, uh, Austin Kroll out of summer yes. house for good. I shared that in my Substack also. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's it really, it's growing. Like they, they tell you these things, like if you get this many signatures, you can be featured on local news and we're way or it, like, gets put in front of Congress or something. Uh, I, I am <laughs> Uh, senators, we're here today. Uh, my name is Ryan Bailey. I'm a small town man from Los Angeles, California, and I, I see a problem hitting our youth of America, our women of America. We have one Austin Kroll, and I think this is uh, this shows you a lot how men are in general. But it, so I did this thing, and it was kind of a joke, but it's actually getting picked up by like some we like it was in New York Magazine yesterday, and it was uh, it was it just really weird. But uh-huh. then what freaked the fuck out of me was guess who came into my DMs. Austin Kroll. Kroll. He did? He did, yeah. Because of the petition? No, I just wanted to see how I was doing. No, yeah, of course, because of the petition. He doesn't know me. What did he say? What's up, dude? (laughs) He was like, I I saw that and my ass, I was like, no, 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 no. Because it's fun to joke around. And I I do actually have a, a point here. Like, he does... He really does treat these women like shit on Summer House, but you never, it's never good to remember that they're like real people. You know, like it's like a weird thing. Like, what did, he, not- what did he say though? Um, so he was like, You and Sophie really hate me. No, he didn't say you, but he said, <laughs> He said, Hey, dude, um, I guess we're nemesises or something like that to each other. There's a piece of it I can't talk about yet because there's going to be potentially there's something in the works, but oh, I, is I will he gonna come on the pod. No, I don't think so. No. Um, but I will say he was, he, uh, I, he, he took it in a good spirit. And I, and I think there will be something where I'll be able to 
question him further and be able to, but not on my show or, you know, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I was really shocked to say that. And Craig was involved in these DMS. He's like, I just spoke to Craig and da da da. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I think like randomly Craig's blocked me for some reason around. Like, I don't know why, but I think it was, why? I was They're like, so sensitive. I do. I am too, but isn't it funny? And this is kind of ties in with another story this, this week about the Supreme Quorum. Supreme Court nominee, uh, Katani Brown, who, yeah. you know, really went through such amazing questioning and did it with like just her head held high, just a really brilliant woman. I thought it was really, really special. But isn't it funny how like, you know, women can get questioned and they they really hold their composure. They might give a dirty look here and there. But men were so sensitive. Like, I'm the same way. If somebody says like one thing about me, I'm like, fuck you to hell. Go to hell. And <laughs> same. I, I mean, same. I actually you know, like it's. Yeah, it's hard. Like when you when you have a podcast, for instance. Now I know when you read a one star review, you can see all oh. the five star reviews, and the one one star review, like really, you're just like, my well, you're skin like, you're like too thin for this. Well, because the ones that th- th- you're like, oh my god, those are the people that actually get me. Like, yeah, they know the, like, the one stars know the real me. Like, you know, like, yes. <laughs> and I talked to my therapist about this too because, like, when you see like a compliment or something, or like when someone like really compliments you or gives you a five star review or whatever, you're just like. <gasps> Oh, thanks. I guess. I guess they yeah. have it wrong. But if they think that about me, that's really nice. And then when you see a negative one, you're like, they nailed it. They nailed it. They're so 100% right about me. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, I want to be, have... be friends with this person. Yeah. Well, that's like low self esteem. Oh, and like, that I, mean, is... I, I wrote the book on low self esteem. I mean, yeah. this, this has been a lifelong problem, but it is funny doing the stuff that we do. And by the way, I do want to say, please leave five-star reviews for both of our podcasts. It really does help. All, I, I always say that to you guys, but all joking aside, it does. Um, and and I, I just never think it's funny. As you get further into this and you realize how much work it is, you're like, those one stars hurt because you're like, you they, those one stars don't represent all of the nights that you're up to like mm-hmm. four in the morning editing or or putting things together. Um, but it, yeah, it, it thin skin seems to be, and I don't know if that's an American thing, like our are other countries known for this thin of skin? Or I always wonder if there's like tied into the amount that we hold up like social media and influencers and stuff like that. If, if we really court low self team, like, cause we put these people up on a pedestal, you know, like the Kardashians or any of these people, you know, like we want to live their lives instead of living our own. Wow. I'm, I'm so loopy. Sophie, stop me. What I, I I think I'm just going. No, off. I know what you mean. But I think the thing is that with social media, our as human beings, we were not programmed to know every single every single human being's opinion of us at once. You know, like our brains were not like meant to handle knowing what everyone in the world <laughs> thinks of us. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, with social media, it makes it, you know, otherwise before social media, you probably went about your life just in bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And now when you see, you know, comments and reviews and people being mean and mean DMs, like, yeah, I think and that. You, well, you almost like it is funny, like as and especially as the Instagram account grows and stuff is that you do get this kind of paranoia of like releasing something because potentially you hopefully can make people laugh. Uh, at whatever your stupid joke or whatever my stupid joke is, but there's always that like, oh, who's gonna not, who's not gonna like this? Like you right. always think immediately, who's going to say something really kind of like, how dare you or this or that? And I always have to explain to people like, this is how I process tragedy. This is how I pro like I process it through a kind of a dark sense of humor, and I don't really pull a lot of punches 
And, and that could change as I get older, you know, I like, I'm not saying this is, will always be me, but I kind of have a very severe and I do, and I do it in a fairly nice way still, but I still have a severe opinion of a lot of these people because I think it speaks to a larger injustice of the world. And that's where reality shows, uh, you know, talking about sociological you know, experiments, that's what reality shows are. It shows us what's going out there in the real world. And it's our chance to actually kind of throw into this feedback loop of what right. we think is right and wrong. Right. And that's, the, you know, the other, what's the word, side of the coin. The other side of the coin of social media and why it's great is because the average person finally has like a voice and can dictate, you know, oh, we don't want Ansel Elgort in any movies anymore or like whatever it is. Like the average person before didn't really have a voice to affect change. But now with social media, we can affect whatever change we want in numbers. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's well, they, I mean, but do you ever think about this, too, is that have you and I, I can say for myself a couple of times, but. Have you ever been wrong in one of your opinions or in social media and that you've actually learned something from critique or criticism? Because I, I have. I've actually learned over the last couple of years a lot of things. Like I've learned because of my audience or because of somebody kind of highlighting like this is this is what is appropriate. And mm-hmm. once I can understand something, I, I can really like, oh, shit. You know, like I remember back in the day with Caitlyn Jenner before, you know, when Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, it just, you know, just went through her transformation and I accidentally was calling Caitlin their dead name. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, but I didn't know, I didn't know what was appropriate at the time. And somebody explained it to me and I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. Like, you know, like if you're honestly out there not trying to hurt anybody, then you can actually take, you know, actual criticism in without being offended. Right. I actually learned recently that the word tone deaf is is not an okay thing to say. It can be ableist. So I've been trying to come up with different ways of saying tone deaf. Wait, also, wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. What, what's wrong with tone deaf? Because you're saying that a tone deaf, so you're using tone deaf as an insult and someone who actually is deaf. Oh, so, oh okay. Um, there are like other ways of of saying, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, it's tough sometimes because that's a word that I've been used to using for so long, but yeah, learning from someone took the time to explain to me why saying that word is bad. And yeah. And I think can we, general, so if, if well, I'm saying, if I, instead of saying tone deaf, can I say you're fucking stupid? Yeah. Like okay. literally anything else, but yeah. And I think just in general, like so much of what I comment on and like what we comment on, it's about women And I think that there are a lot of people that are like, you're always attacking women, you're misogynist. And I, you know, take that very seriously where I'm like, okay, if I am talking about a woman, am I doing it in a fair way that is not coming from, you know, my own internal misogyny? And if I, am I giving the same heat to men? And I think I do. I've been talking a lot of shit on Twitter about a lot of different dudes recently. <laughs> As, wait, by the way, you were talking about, and I agree with you fully, Nick Vile from The oh, Bachelor. I he- despise him more than anyone on the planet, maybe. You had this tweet where you were highlighting one of his TikToks or whatever. Nick oh has a podcast God. and all. He's a, he's guys. He remember he used to be uh, one of the bachelors and he thinks to me, in my opinion, he really thinks he's the Howard Stern of the bachelor. Oh. Like, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell it straight. But at the same time, he's dating like a super young, like 22 year old. He's 41. 
He's been on The Bachelor four times and failed every time to find a, a lasting partner, which like, I mean, you could argue The Bachelor is not the best place to find a lasting partner, but he went on four times. He's un- never been married, now has a 22-year-old girlfriend at the age of 41. Why does he think he's the arbiter of dating advice? Well, and this TikTok was so infuriating because speaking of misogyny, it was like so misogynistic. He was saying he was like, God, girls, if a guy invites you to a party with his friends, it doesn't mean you're dating. It just means you're a good hang. Yeah. You know? Wait, I watched it so many times. He was like, he was like, a guy invites you to, to a party with his friends. Congrats. You're a cool hang. Still not his girlfriend. Oh, you're, he invited you on vacation. Going on vacation is so much better when you have someone to have sex with. You're still not his girlfriend. Like all of these things. It was like, why are you acting like all women are like dumb idiots in that like, it's totally fine that all of these men do like manipulative gaslighty behavior. And that's fine because women are just dumb idiots. Like it was just so like misogynistic. I cannot stand him. He well, makes me I mean, so angry. That's the, that's the fallible thing about the bachelor franchise as a whole though, is that it really, it's, it's not about finding love anymore. It's about finding social media stardom. Like, you know, Nick went on it four times and by the second time, you're not on it there to truly find love anymore. You're there to increase your brand and Nick for being so truth telling. And I'm so in your face, punk rock. He's literally saying, please accept me. And I want this to be my career for my rest of my life. Please engage with this post. Please like, you know, he wants this so badly, which is so funny. It's not about truth for Nick. It's about him carving out a niche like the Kardashians do, like all of these influencers do. You know, this is him trying to do that. And it's like funny, though, because he's trying to do in this kind of like, I say what I mean. I mean what I say. And, you know, he cares more than any of the other. He is so embarrassing. Can you do a Nick Vile impression of like his lisp? What's up, you guys? This, yeah. it's, it's, it's not... You know, he does. He doesn't. Hey, if he doesn't wear a condom with you, it doesn't mean he loves you. He just loves fucking raw dog style, you know? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, so he shares his toothbrush with you. Congrats. He's lazy. And also, that's gross. Like, he's such a loser. <laughs> um, but shout out to Nick Vile. Good day. Keep doing you, dude. Um, that's, Please don't. That's... No, Nick, do not keep doing you. Okay, wait, wait. I do have to say something. Is that I, I've said this on the pod like a long time ago before, but he used to. So I used to teach at this acting school and work there. And he was in one of the acting classes there. Was this before or after Bachelorette? Uh, after this was him when he was trying to like be an actor and stuff. Like oh. he probably still is trying. Like so he oh, was in, like he was like a sales a sales guy in Chicago before the Bachelorette. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, he was. Uh, he you know he was in a weekly class and stuff. But he once he I remember this. We used to sell these things called tear sticks. But they're like a menthol thing that you wait. Rub. You told me this, I think. Yeah, you rub me. Yeah. you rub under your eyes a little bit, and it kind of like helps the tear ducts yeah. start crying. They call you know. So you're supposed to before an audition like put a little bit on your face if it's like a crying scene in an audition, something to help you get there. You'll put a little bit on your finger, and like right before you start, you just like touch your eye with it really quick, and it's like a trick to get those tears flowing. And I remember Nick bought one, and I was like, "You better like I I, I was just thinking, I was like, "Oh man, you better." you better use this just for auditions and not for your real life to like have some girl pity you, you know? Oh my God. He probably does. Yeah. That's what I just, he's the the worst. And remember when he was on, he was on like the live finale of the bachelorette or of the bachelor of Clayton season. I was like, why is he here? 
Well, I mean, in deep down, he wants to eventually host that show. I bet that is a long-term goal oh, for him. He was so bitter when, when they picked Jesse Palmer over him. And he was like, what? He was like, what has Jesse done to deserve? He was like, what hosting job does he? And it's like, Nick, just admit that you're mad. They didn't choose you. And also what have you done? Well, one of Nick's tactics was very interesting in The Bachelor was he, and you guys, if you don't watch The Bachelor, he's, you look him up, but he would do this thing where he would ingratiate himself with the female, like I'm your friend almost, instead of like, and he would go against the other guys of like, no, I'm here as your friend. Like I'm the, like he, he's able to do like kind of a little left of center thing with women where he acts like he's their best friend in a way. Like I'm one of the girls as well as a guy that could sleep with you. Like it's a very successful tactic. I noticed when he was on, I don't know if you agree with that, but it just seemed like he had a different tactic than the other guys in getting girls to dig him. You know, was that he was not your like standard buff dude. I know. I thought he was like super cute. I remember. And I actually have a picture of me and him on my Instagram when I met him at a party in like 2015. And I like thought he was so, I thought he was so hot. And I like made the caption, like a joke. Like I was dating him. Like I thought he was so hot and it's so embarrassing now. That really is embarrassing. You guys, well, that reminds me, dude. Oh my God. Speaking of things that I have to scrub from the internet. I remember six years ago, I went to Sundance uh, with my ex and I had like a chase card or something and it got you into like events. And I remember going, wanting to go and then going to watch Harvey Weinstein speak, you know, because I'm like a huge fan of movies and he produced all these movies. I like, so I wouldn't watch him sp- speak. I, I didn't take a picture with him, but I took a picture of him like speaking. And I was like, Oh, to a true movie legend. And I, once all this shit dropped, I was like, I was going so fast to delete it from my Instagram feed because I was so embarrassed that I had like fucking like, but that's what we do. Like we hero worship these people. Are you going to tell your listeners about your Harvey Weinstein tattoo or are you just going to? Yeah, yeah. I immediately had to turn that into Harvey Kreinstein. No, imagine if you had Harvey Weinstein's like lumpy face tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like Penguin. He looks like Colin Farrell's Penguin, Uh, which. My God. Yes, he does. I wonder. Which, by the way, I did not. I went through that whole movie not realizing that was Colin Farrell, just like I went through House of Gucci not realizing that was Jared Leto. Wait, Sophie. What? Wait, 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 wait. There's no fucking way you didn't realize that was Jared Leto. You were on Twitter nonstop and we were making so many Jared Leto jokes at the time. There is no way you didn't I know. know. I I remember people saying that he was in the movie and I really wasn't paying attention to like what character he was. And I think maybe I would have like expected him to just come. I'd be like, oh, that's Jared Leto. And then that character, a Jared Leto character never came on, but he did. So you didn't, you didn't think. To yourself, who is that actor playing? No, the isn't guy? that so weird? As someone that who's is like very, as someone who's very into like movies and celebrities and pop culture, I sat through two movies not realizing I was watching Jared Leto and then Colin Farrell. Like no one told me. I love the fact that Jared Leto like disappears for you. You're like you are the best. I, I never. You you got to watch the new We Crash on Apple TV I've, with him. I've been watching it, and I actually yeah, he's good. I do not want to like Jared Leto because I know that he is he's creepy I mean it's a sh- like really 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 crazy that he hasn't been me too yet honestly like he, well I, I've so heard many so stories. many stories about that dude I mean like so many like, stories so allegedly I, like, yeah 
Yeah, so I like do not like watching it, but I'm very interested in any, it's like Elizabeth Holmes, Anna Delvey, like any like scammer type of, like I'm gonna watch it, obviously. Did you and read that thing about 30 so seconds? Good. He is, he's an amazing actor, but did you read that thing about 30 seconds of Mars and like, the, it's like almost like a cult thing. They have yeah. like a three day retreat yes. where he is like a Messiah figure. I mean, yes. and I can't tell, I want to do more research on this or if somebody knows, reach out to me that can actually explain everything to me. But it sounded like they were like worshiping Jared Leto and not just a, you know, oh, Jordan Catalano, we worship him. But like in actually what he's saying and it, he brought all these people to an island and they like did like a three day thing. Yeah, like it's weird. It's really weird. And like apparently, you know, there's a lot of underage rumors of underage girls yep. and stuff like that. Like just not a good guy, it sounds like. But I will say he does disappear into a role and he does play Adam Newman. I really can't imagine anyone else playing Adam Newman. And I gotta tell you, Anne, I love Anne Hathaway in it too. Yeah, she kills it. She kills it. Kills she it. She really like, does. It's so she, good. Like it's really nice to see Anne Hathaway, you know, like, and I think Amy Schumer's at this point for me right now, where remember when we were all annoyed with Anna Hathaway like five years ago, because she was overexposed. It was around the Oscars time and she was like little Miss Goody Two-Shoes, or at least that's what she represented to us. It came true. It came true. Yeah. Yeah. Her Oscar speech. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, and Amy Schumer's like that for me now too, of like, I've now watched so many videos of Amy Schumer stealing people's material and jokes and stand up, And you Aww. No, I know I everyone. I know everyone I like hates Amy Schumer. I feel like and I don't I hate have, her. I just annoyed. You know. I know. I've always found her funny, and I love like Trainwreck. Loved that movie. Trainwreck, great. I loved it. Great I, I think movie. There's, there's something that um, I don't know. She came out yesterday, you guys, and I don't know if a lot of you women suffer from this disorder. Uh, this is a real disorder, but she came out yesterday and saying she has a disorder where she pulls her hair. Oh, tri- what is it called? It, yeah, it's called um trick 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 to lamania. Yeah, trick to lamania, and she's like says uh, in a People magazine article, "I've carried so much shame," uh, but it's a genetic disorder that uh, where you pull off your hair, and she's had hair loss. Uh, she's had this since grade school. Once had to wear a wig to cover up the loss, um, and she said it's always been her secret until. This week, when uh, she revealed she had she was suffering from trichotillomania, um, it's she says it's still something I struggle with every day. So, I mean, this is like I actually kind of have that too, and that's why I just started. Um, this is like TMI, but I just started laser hair removal because I I have that too. And when you pick out your hair, and I've never really put it. Well, you have it. laser hair removal, even though you're already picking out your hair. No, I just started getting laser hair removal. Just started. You have to get like multiple sessions of it. Oh, okay. okay. But but when you pull out your hair like that, it causes ingrown hairs and it's just really bad. And yeah, I mean, I didn't even see that, but I know that she came out with Life and Beth. That like yes, show. Yes, on I, Hulu. And- yeah, people were saying it's good. Yeah, people are saying it's good. I'm not rushing to like, by the way, and she is one of the hosts of the Oscars, which is Sunday. Like, so, like it is, I, I've said this all week on this show. It is wild that I um one of the biggest movie lovers out there could give two shits about same, the Oscars. Same, same. That like, is they, like, I used to be obsessed. What happened? 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Folks, we are at the part of the show where I wax poetic about our sponsors, and we have a returning sponsor with us, and that is Seed, which makes one of the damn best probiotics out there, period. Um, now, they, they ask me, they send me this, this kind of copy to read, and they ask me questions like, why were you excited to try Seed? Well, I was excited to try Seed because probiotics... It kind of goes hand in hand with trying to make your body better, trying to make your body operate in a smooth or a smoother capacity. And I got to tell you, since I was on all the antibiotics from my face medication from blowing up, they said you need a solid probiotic. And uh, I said, what about this? And they were like, yeah, you could totally use that. And it was seed. Um, What I love best about seed, well, I mean, of course, the probiotic part, but I got to tell you, being kind of like, a f- I'm not fashionable, but at the same time, I love the way this thing is packaged. It's in this like green bottle, and then they give you this bottle on the side that's like a daily pill bottle case that you can take around, and it is the coolest packaging I've ever seen a product have. Like, no joke. I've even had somebody ask about it, and I'm like, that's so cool, and it truly is cool. You should try Seed if you want to be cool, <laughs> period. That is why you should try Seed, and it's actually good for you. Um, it turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. Uh, I knew probi- probiotic tortilla chips sounded way too good to be true. Good news, though. Seed's daily symbiotic is the real 
deal. Now, Seed always says not all pro probiotics are created equal, and I agree. So what is the Daily Symbiotic? It is a broad-spectrum two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic. It is a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Proprietary engineer two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. Uh, if you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Now, seed is designed differently, and that's why it works. So what does the Daily Symbiotic do for you? It supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes, seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. But it will also support your gut barrier, your skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Um, gut immune function is not boosting the immune system. It's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. By the way, do you guys think I should make this podcast kind of like a, like a scientist podcast? I feel very science. I feel very, very knowledgeable right now. So many see improvements in digestion within the first 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. Um, so I want to call you guys to action. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad to redeem 20% off your first month of seeds daily symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad. Folks, this is one of those things is just try it. See if it's your thing. Give it a month. This is a good price for a month. Give it a month. See if it works. But we got to start taking care of ourselves. I've been telling myself this <laughs> the last year, and I'm starting, damn it. And you're going to start with me. Try it. And now back to the remainder of our show. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What happened? They, they completely fumbled it. They just really ruined it over the years. Did wait? And did they fumble it, or did movie going fumble the entire experience to begin with? That's the question. I think Is all that of it. I think if they kept the Oscars, if they made it exciting with like, yes, we're gonna have one awesome host instead of every year. It's like. Who, who's gonna host are we gonna do multiple people what if we didn't know hosts at all like they're they always sound confused about what they want to do like they need someone who actually knows what they're doing in charge i mean go back to one host but like i feel like the way the oscars are doing now where it's like next next year pete davidson's gonna host you know oh it's like I'm this sure. doesn't it doesn't matter oh i watched something really good it's not an oscar movie because it just came out but jesse plemons is in it windfall on netflix 
I have not even heard of that. Lily movie. Collins, Jesse Plemons, and Jason Siegel. And Jesse Plemons plays like a billionaire, like tech founder. Lily Collins is his wife. And they go home, they get to their vacation home and it's being broken into by Jason Siegel. And then the whole movie is like a hostage situation with Jason Siegel taking them hostage. And it's- Is it a comedy or a drama? It's like a dark comedy. Like it, there are definitely funny moments and it gets dark, but yeah, it was really good. It's on Netflix. Um, that, but that's, that's why I think the Oscars are like gone. Nancy Myers actually highlighted this article from the New York times. Oh, I saw um, that. You know, that I thought was very interesting. The title being it's an opinion column in the Times saying we aren't just watching the decline of the Oscars. We're watching the end of the movies. And I do have to agree with that because like we I'm looking at you on a screen right now. That's not a movie. I carry around a screen with me all the time. We give all of our attention to influencers. Now we give all of our attention to YouTubers. Now, you know, the movie going experience is very not special anymore. Like yeah. even us talking about it, you're like, you, you watched a movie on Netflix where I used to pride myself on knowing every movie as a kid. And I have not heard of that movie. You didn't have to go to a theater to have that experience. Mm -hmm. You had that experience with home at home and especially because of COVID. Now I really enjoyed my Batman movie experience because I love Batman, but they can't, you know, that's the only thing that are, that are going to be at the movie theaters pretty soon or just Marvel and action movies or something with like the biggest star in the world, which if we keep going at this rate, the biggest stars in the world aren't going to be movie stars. They're going to be people on YouTube and influencers. Well, yeah, streaming services and, you know, YouTube. And there are so many other things to watch other than movies. So, yeah, it like it makes sense. But um, wait, what was I going to say? Jesse Plemons? No. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was going to say, but it was... Yeah, I can't remember, but I still love going to the movies. I love going to the movies. I saw I saw the Batman. I saw Jackass in theaters. We saw House of Gucci in theaters. I guess those are probably I want, uh, see. I watched Jack. I meant to go see Jackass in the movie theaters, but I watched it last night at home oh. instead because it just hit Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, 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 and it's funny. It's really funny. But yeah. I remember what I was gonna say. The movie that I want to see in theaters that is making me want to go to a movie theater again that is not a Marvel movie is The Lost City with Sandra Bullock. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a new story I wanted you to talk to you today. Now, before the movie, did anybody do stand up for you? Oh, no, no. Unfortunately, Tiffany King was not there. So you guys, if you have not heard about the story, you can find it all over Twitter. And, and she's actually highlighting it herself, the person that did this. But a projector broke at an AMC in Burbank, which used to be my movie theater that I would go to all the time uh, as an AMC Stubbs member. But this is a projector broke at an L.A. movie theater. And this comedian decided to do some stand up. Tiffany King. Tiffany King did like a 15 minute set. She says her little daughter dared her to. But as you look more into Tiffany King's life, uh, she's also not just a comic she's a psychic medium so she's a psychic medium um person so i am a single mom oh do we have God. any single moms in the house take my ashes and spread them near pismo beach and lake tahoe and whatever's left over i want you to put in your dad's coffee grinder i feel like all the moms in norcal thought i was a stripper just you may hear tattoos mm. um so i also like to give advice to people um i believe in buddha jesus was never married he could have been dropped off the kids for her week and have been like here's your dead fish bitch. i want to help i want to and I joined the all black gospel choir. I look back over my life. 
Put us out of our misery. Oh. You want to come down here and try to entertain people? Well, you're trying to dim, dim my light, so you need something. I never thought I would see like a racist Asian. Sometimes people get jealous if they haven't been through as many things as you. So this is an offer bit I wrote. I actually did it the other night at the Laugh Factory, and they loved it. So yeah, that's a little bit of the stylings. And she she even at that one moment, I don't know if you heard, told an Asian person, how dare you be racist? How dare, I've never seen a, an Asian person being racist. And she said, and then she must have released this story to media outlets because they all picked it up and they all have an interview with her. And I truly believe, you know, unfortunately, LA is such a crazy place. People get off on attention right and left where she's having the time of her life. Like she loves the attention she's getting for this, even though it's one of the most cringe things that I would ever like. I would be such like if I was in that movie theater, it would have been just so hard for me to. That's oh, that's my yeah. cryptomania, whatever Amy Schumer does. That's my disorder. I would have freaked out. Didn't she get milkshake docked? What does that Do mean? You- you okay? So milkshake duck is when um is when someone goes viral, like an anonymous person goes viral, and then they're enjoying their virality, and then someone yeah. digs up something from their past that's like them being problematic. I never and it came heard from that. It came from a meme. It was like a tweet of someone being like this dope drinks milkshakes. And then like five minutes later, oh wait, I I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to look for what she did that's problematic, but everyone was saying she got milkshake ducked already, and I like could not find. What yeah, she, she had did. like uh, I guess in her past stand up too, there was some kind of like slurs in there at some point. But it's wild. Like she's a stand up, like a psychic medium stand up. But then I looked at one of her shows that she was hosting, and her little daughter, who looks like she's six years old, also is in the show. Like she's a stage mom on top of, and now it's just like. The fact that she stood up there and she was doing like crowd work and it didn't seem like she was even good on top. Like, like, listen, if I am fucking seeing a movie and Dave Chappelle does a drop in, I'd be pretty excited. But if Tiffany King does a drop in, I'd be like, yo, this is not what I'm here for. Tiffany King is going to be headlining Madison Square Garden soon. Oh, so this is the tweet. The whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. So that's that was like the tweet in 2016. And now whenever someone goes viral and then they get canceled five seconds later, it's called being milkshake ducked. <laughs> um but Tiffany, in a lot of these interviews, she says, My daughter dared me to go do stand-up. Her daughter is like six years old. Yeah, um, I doubt I she doubt goes, that. I did it to be fun and make my daughter smile. You know what else makes your daughter smile? The actual movie. Like the fact, I just don't believe this. I don't believe this as far. Like mommy got like, maybe she encouraged her to get up, to get away from her. But, uh, and then she goes, and this is like the pity thing, which this reads to me as like trying to gain sympathy. She goes to do comedy. It takes consistency. And as a single mother, that's one thing I haven't had on my side. I know how hard comedy is. So I'm happy I did it. And I don't care what the negative stuff is, which is great. I mean, that's great that you, you have that like feeling, but I don't believe like uh, there's something, if you read enough of these stories, this, uh, this feels like she planned on doing this. There's something weird that doesn't seem natural about this story to me. And I I could be wrong, 
But I just don't believe a six-year-old's encouraging her mom to go do stuff. I think that she, yeah, she she sounds like she's not all there. So I don't know if I believe that part, but it really did. It seems like it just went viral, like because she was being so cringe and embarrassing. Like everyone was making fun of her. So I don't know. Who knows? Uh, sorry to be negative about that, guys, but I, I put in the clip. You hear, you judge for yourselves and see what you think. Um, moving on to one of this is why it's. I want to say we're on now almost we're starting into the second week of Kanye not being on Instagram. It has been good for all of us. It's been good for him. It's been good for us. But I want to also point out the fact that's all you have to do. Kanye is be quiet. We will come to our own conclusion that Kim is dumb. Like we will, we, we will, if you just like be quiet, Kim will show her own ass. And she once again has done it with today. She has posted her Instagram stories, Pete Davidson's tattoo. My girl is a lawyer. He, um, he, you know, he did two Kim tattoos and one branding. He branded Kim on his chest, but this is the reveal of the other tattoo she had told us about. And, I just hate to be picky here, but she's not a fucking lawyer yet. She's not she a lawyer. A, she passed the first year and she did it in a very special circumstance, which also I'm very proud of. Like that takes so much work being as huge of a figure as you are. But dude, I don't like, it just makes this all seem so dumb for so she many took, reasons. She took, it took her four tries to pass the baby bar and Listen, she has a team. She has every resource in the world. So no, I'm not impressed at all. Everyone's like, well, like she's still blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm not impressed. I'm not. See, I'm not impressed, but I'm like, good for you for not giving up. I have that attitude about it. But once you're like, I'm like, did somebody explain to Pete what she actually is? Like this, like, I mean, I was laughing thinking about Kim actually lying to Pete. I'm like, yes, I am a full blown. I think she that. thinks that she is. Cause she even said it on Ellen. Like she said it on national TV. Like she, I think thinks that she is just cause she passed the baby bar. And like, she I, will be a lawyer eventually. I, I do. Will think she, she though? Will. Like, will yeah, she? I think she'll, I think she will. I mean, I, I don't, I, think, I don't will. think she will. I don't think she will. I don't think so. I'm putting it on the record that I think that this was, a phase. I read something that was like, someone has a theory. Maybe it was on like the Kardashians Reddit or something. It was like Kanye, it, maybe Kanye was the one who came up with the idea of Kim becoming a lawyer because, you know, she was just a reality star. He wanted something more for her. Like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it for her. I think that she is not going to get off her ass and actually do the work. I don't think so. I think I mean, that she that, is incapable of doing actual work. Her idea of work is putting on her little Skims latex bikini. I mean, that thing just prints money now, that Skims brand. They opened a, a pop-up shop in Miami. Like that thing really, I mean, whoever truly invented Skims and like, that. I mean, what a lucky break. Because remember when Kylie was the only billionaire and then like Kylie did Kylie Cosmetics before Skims launched. And we were all like, holy shit, Kyle, Kylie's the lead of that family now. And then Kim came in with Skims and retook the lead of that family in a lot of ways. Courtney and Chloe are so far in the dust. It doesn't even... You know, they don't even. Well, count. well, Good American is Chloe's brand and yeah. Good American actually does really well. And I think the the key to success with both Good American and Skims, first of all, Emma Grady is their like business partner and she's actually the CEO of Good American. Maybe the CEOs. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that of being the CEO of Skims, but she actually is like the mastermind between behind some of these Kardashian brands. 
And I think that not only that, but also the fact that good American in skims, if you don't know anything about the Kardashians, don't know the Kardashians, you wouldn't know that this is a Kardashian brand, which is a good move for them. Whereas Kylie Cosmetics, it's Kylie, 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 her face, her face everywhere, her name everywhere. Like, you know, it's a Kylie. So a lot of people go out of their way to avoid a Kardashian brand because a lot of people don't like the Kardashians. But with Good American and Skims, a lot of people that aren't Kardashian fans necessarily probably don't even realize that it's a Kardashian brand. So, yeah. Remember when Courtney was doing pretty little things? I thought that was her brand, but she just did a lot. She just did no, her, like lent no. her name. No, but see, it's I did like a I capsule collection. I shop at Old Navy, so I don't know. I don't fucking know. You know, like she and way, also she has Poosh, but no one reads Poosh. Why doesn't Rob Kardashian do like an Old Navy sponsorship? Like, why can't we get Rob into something kind of bait, like a, maybe like a Walmart collection or? Something I don't like- think he. I think that Rob has a bigger fish to fry with his black China like litigation that's been <laughs> happening for years. Um, so we're, we're now in the lead up. We're three short weeks away from the premiere of the new, the Kardashians on Hulu. Um, and so we are going to be, they're going to be in our face nonstop, but I just want to say like with Kanye being quiet, I think being quiet, you get so much strength from being quiet. Like you, you let people do their own thinking. We can come to our own conclusions. And the funny thing is too, is that a lot of people are like, well, Kim shouldn't be this out front with her relationship with Pete on social media. But my thing is a tight, a tiger doesn't change their stripes. She's done this her whole career. She is potentially not talented enough to switch it up. Like I was giving her more credit of like, wow, she's really like, she's going to be quiet through this whole thing. And it turns out she was not at all. And with Kanye being quiet, I think we're able to kind of see a clearer picture that Kim will always be Kim for better or worse. There's only going to be so much learning Kim does in her life. Like she's never going to be mother Teresa. She's always going to be the girl from the Ray J tape that has done amazing things with that uh that viewership you know I think that she is deep down very insecure about the fact that she got her start from a sex tape and that's why she's you know always trying to like prove how hardworking she is and tell everyone they don't work as hard as her and telling everyone to get off their ass like yeah yeah. um okay uh news that I want to share with you that just to get your opinion on real quick we got a second season pickup for in just like that, the Sex in the City. Che is back. Yes. I don't know. Do we think Che is back, or do we think oh, Che yeah. will be written? But, okay, I think but, Che is going to be back in a big way. I'm getting worried though because if I was a showrunner, I'd be like, people are making like people are taking this show differently than we wanted them to, and Che seems to be a thing not just in like people don't seem to be learning from it people seem to be kind of titillated and think it's kind of a jokey thing so wouldn't it be more strong for them to get rid of Che and you start this season with Miranda like finger blasting her way around New York with a bunch of different randoms I would enjoy that but I think you can't just do that like you need to like close the Che loop they can't just write off a character like I feel like we get annoyed with that you know, as viewers, like you're just going to write off a character and pretend they didn't happen, especially like no one else was really talking about anything else about in just like that, except for the Chadia scenes. So like, why would they get rid of their biggest, their biggest draw? I wonder if, you know, now it's exciting. I wonder if they start the season, Miranda's moved out to LA with Che Diaz for the pilot. For so the you pilot. bring LA into it. Sarah Jessica Parker comes to LA. We get a whole LA run of, you know, Che around town, maybe Che becoming bigger and bigger. You know, Che is all of a sudden, you know, the the height of her popularity and fame. And that makes Miranda a lesser person when she's trying to find out who the real Miranda is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. idea. We'll yeah, see definitely. Che Che becoming like you know the the hot new thing on the comedy scene. Except every episode in the first season, like we were finding out that Che is like even more famous than the episode before. We're yeah. like Che is just getting stopped suddenly. I'm like, why were you even like doing that? You were just doing a podcast and now it's like, you can't even walk down the street without people stopping you. Like, I don't understand how famous you're supposed to be. Che threw a going away party for her trip to LA, which she surprised everybody that she got a pilot. Even they, she, they, they, sorry, sorry. They, they got a pilot. She, they surprised everybody uh, and said, oh, by the way, I'm moving to LA and even did like a, a Weird Al Yankovic song about California girls, like took the time to write lyrics to a new song and then surprise, like I've never even thrown a party for my birthday, let alone, you know, Che goes out of her way, got, got out of their way. Fuck. Um, it's the, sorry guys. They, going they, away, Che. Going away. Anyways, I'm excited for a second season regardless. Cause it was one of my favorite hate watches Same. Um, this past year. And I Same. think we need that. Same. Uh, what are your opinions on Vanderpump rules? We had Katie and Tom splitting, which we already talked about, but this week Katie pulled the trigger and filed for divorce. Like it was past separation. She filed for a divorce. That's really quick. Good for her. Good for her. I mean, Honestly, I'm same. I'm, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for both of them. Like they were so fucking miserable together. Like it's just, it's a good thing for both of them. It's a good thing for us, the viewers, because I mean, that'll be interesting to watch unfold. I'm interested to see, you know, kind of the aftermath and the fallout and like how they're going to, it seems like they're just going to be like friendly and in their same circle of friends. They've been, you know, hanging out anyway. They're still living together. I think because they just weren't, weren't in love at the end. So it makes separating that much easier where you're just like, we've yeah. been friends. We've been just friends for years now. Like now it's official. So I think that they're going to be like amicable and like good. Like it's going to be fine. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a single Katie and like single Schwartz. I mean, Schwartz, like you've said, has been acting single for a really long time, but like, is that going to be drama? Like, I think that Schwartz is going to have a new serious girlfriend in the next year or if not like i think he's one of those people that needs it because he doesn't know how to take care of himself exactly exactly i agree with you uh what if katie dated che diaz well che's gonna be in la so oh my god che's gonna have a a residency at, at pump by the way, Kim Kardashian, pay close attention. Katie's getting a lot of goodwill for this. So maybe consider dumping Pete Davidson and you would get a whole uh, fresh batch of attention for that, you know? With Che? Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying if you, like, Katie dumped uh, Schwartz and got a lot of goodwill from us. So Kim should potentially dump Pete and get oh, a yeah. lot, you know? I like, mean, she Kim- looks. This uh, the Kim and Pete thing has such an expiration date. Like the people being like, I don't know. I think they're probably gonna get engaged and have a baby soon. They seem serious. Like, no, this is this has an expiration date. She's gonna be done with him soon. Trust me. And then he's gonna be on to the next eighteen-year-old Kaya Gerber type model. But by the way, Pete Davidson did date Kaya Gerber already. I know. Yeah, he did. Um, When she literally five minutes after she turned eighteen, Pete Davidson sucks. So, uh, but, but imagine also having your body be like a hall of fame of girls you've slept with because he gets tattoos. Like he got a tattoo of Ariana Grande on his body. Like it is 
it's like your tattoos tell a story and his story is going to be wild. Like it is like, imagine having a brand and the two Kim tattoos and explaining that to the future loves of your lives as you move on, you know? What an exhausting person. He's exhausting. What if Kim makes all of the rest of her boyfriends from here on out get a brand? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just so she uh, can talk about it on Ellen. Um, as we start uh, winding down a little bit here, I, did, I didn't I did ever get, like, we talked at the beginning of this, but I didn't really get your full opinion of what what was your take on watching Austin and Sierra and Lindsay this week on Summer House. Wait, is that so funny that when I like was there and I told you, yeah, I like, was what like, did you, what did you, you didn't see them? I kiss? No, I, I told you, I saw them. I literally yeah. told you, I told everyone, I was like, by the way, I saw Austin making out with both Sierra and Lindsay at separate times. Yeah. I was like, that, that can't be right. Like, I was like, was I like hallucinating? Like, I thought it was so wild because like, I feel like we we see, you know, hookup drama and stuff on Summer House, but him making out with both of them in one day and like completely in front of each other, like that's so messy. So as much as I agree with your petition, Austin is bringing like good drama. No, listen, like that that petition is a joke and I do I will always be so thankful for this episode that we got because of it. Yeah. But it is and also Sophie, you didn't even notice Jared Leto was at that party. <laughs> At the summer house party, you didn't even notice it. Like, I can't even believe that. Um, <laughs> he was the Mad Hatter. But you're watching all of it. Like, take us in that experience, though, is actually being there. You've got to be whispering to your friends. Is there any part of you that want, like, because you you vaguely know Lindsay a little bit. Did you want to go up to Lindsay going, like, what's going on? What's girl? the tea? I think did I did, ever- actually. I think I did, but I can't remember. She was obviously really drunk. But um, I was just trying to stay away from like the cameras and the drama. So I wouldn't be on camera. Um, And it was as hot as they were all bitching about, right? Oh, it was so hot. It was so hot. It was so hot. And they, I told you, we couldn't go inside because they just had a COVID outbreak. So we couldn't go in the house to use the bathrooms. They just had porta potties and the porta potties were like 5 billion degrees. Um, So yeah, it was really hot. Um, But yeah, I think that I'm seeing like so much Sierra hate and I'm obviously team Lindsay. And I think that Lindsay, you know, if we're going to talk about girl code, Lindsay hooked up with him first, Sierra then hooked up with him in Vermont. And now I guess he's back to Lindsay. So it's like, does Sierra have a right to be mad? Like not really in my opinion, but at the same time, like we can see how Austin is like really manipulated both of them. like he's manipulated both of them. When he yeah. was drunk, he's like, what if I told you Lindsay open mouth kiss me? I'm like, dude, you are welcoming these women fighting over you. You are, you are. Oh yeah, he loves he, it. And he, he was like, say that. he was like, I wish you would just tell me to fuck off. Like, he's like, he's like yeah, he's like just such a manipulative asshole. And they have a so shot like, of Sierra who's like, like I keep saying like, like legitimately, even if I don't like love her sometimes, she's legitimately gorgeous. We're like the only scene that should be happening is Austin going, are you fucking sure you, find, you think I'm attractive? Because like, there's no way in hell this should happen. You know, like that's like, I, for real, like you really want to kiss me? Like that should be the conversation happening, not any other like manipulative conversation. Right. So I wish that we would stop like, like picking sides with Lindsay, Sierra and like blaming the women. No, all of the, all of the, you know, blame goes on Austin. We watched it. He was literally manipulating both of them, like with our own eyes. And, and he was wasted too. Like he was wasted on top of it. 
but that actually that exacerbates you being a horrible person um in in real housewives of beverly hills news we are coming up on a new season in the beginning of may so strap in folks we should get a trailer this week for the uh the new stuff which is very exciting we heard from kyle richards kyle richards is comparing the aspen trip which we saw on social media supposedly something went down with kathy hilton and erica jane she to amsterdam she compares that trip to amsterdam the the like let's talk about the husband kim richards all of that shit like so that is a big comparison to make that means we are potentially in for not may i mean hopefully an amazing season but at least a jaw-dropping episode if she compares it to that 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 i know i wonder what i know there were some rumors that kathy called sutton's assistant like the f slur yeah and yeah so i don't know i don't know what the drama is but i'm very excited supposedly what i'm hearing is that erica jane accused kathy of doing something like a slur or something else but it comes from erica jane doing it and i don't know we'll really see and and by the way everybody's like oh i I saw this take on on twitter too of people like oh uh, see this is this is the person you all worship in regards to kathy hilton and i'm like for like once again you guys let's be real about this no housewife should be uh, aspirational for anybody. Like I like Kathy Hilton knowing that she's potentially a horrible person that have done weird things with her money for the entire life. Like I understand that. Like, like I, you know, it's like, it's wrestle. It's like pro wrestlers. All of these people are already suspect because they want to be on these shows to begin with. Other than that, it's what you do with it. But like, everybody's going to be bad. It's not like, I'm not saying that like, no, this is a good person. I'm saying, no, I like watching this person on TV. Huge difference. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I've never, I mean, I've said this all along that I don't understand all the Kathy hype. I don't think she's that funny or great. So yeah, I'm not surprised if she ends up. I mean, I think that she is a horrible person. We know that. <laughs> so that, and then I do need to get your take on. We got huge news in the Real Housewives of New York Bravo world this week. Uh, everybody thought everybody. The rumor was going around that it got canceled. It, it not it, it not only didn't get canceled, but we now have two Real Housewives of New York shows potentially. We are going to have Real Housewives of New York, the series that we are used to, but it is going to be an all new cast supposedly. Um, with people that are actually friends with each other, Andy said in the interview with Kate Arthur from Variety, uh, that they will be, you know, all friends. And that's the that's the way these shows really work when you can tell there's real relationships. And then also on top of that, there is going to be Real Housewives of New York Legacy is the working title. And it will be all like fan favorites or favorites from the past, you know, 14 or 15 seasons of Real Housewives of New York. So we'll probably get to see Jill Zarin back, maybe Kelly Ben Simone. What is your take on all of this? And, and did you did you like this? Uh, I think this it like makes solution? sense. I don't think that they should keep Ramona. And yeah, I think still she can go. Like I'm good on Ramona. We've seen yeah. Ramona every season. Like I want to see some of these older. I want to see Jill back. I want to see like there's so many cool people we could bring back and see how it works. Yeah, I do want to see Jill and Kelly Bensamon back for sure. Um, I think that it's smart because Real Houses of New York should be showing glamorous, glamorous women that are going to events and fashion week and like all the cool things to do in New York. And these women don't do anything except like get blackout in their townhouses. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I don't care about Roni that much. I know that's like my toxic trait. Um, I just do not care about Roni anymore. I used to, I love the early seasons of Roni, but just do not care over the past few years. So like, I really don't care that much either way. I'm good with Roni, like never coming back. I think this is just who I am as a person too. I'll stay in relationships a lot longer than I should. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm going down with the ship with Vanderpump rules. I'm going down with the ship. Like, yeah, with Vanderpump, yes. I will never not watch. And I was talking to Lara Marie Shainalls this week, mm-hmm. who you've talked to before. And yes, love said, her. there were parts of, you know, last season of Vanderbump, she didn't watch at all. And I was like, yo, like what? Like, uh, that makes me so sad because it's like, you know, family members, you know, we go through tough times. We can't just abandon ship on our family. Like, you know, we suffer through the bad times so we can really appreciate the good times. But I really love this idea of splitting it into two. I think that's like, I think it's great. Like, I really, yeah. really love this idea. So I'm going to be curious. But also we know that Countess Luann is not going to be involved, supposedly. She oh. has told us she is not. And there is a rumor that she is getting her own e-show. So it'll be Terry Bradshaw and Countess Luann over on E now. Oh God, E is really struggling. I mean, I listen, I love Countess Luann. I do. I don't know if she could do her own. This you know. I I yeah, the spinoffs I can do without. It really, it really gets to their heads. It does. Uh, she did Luann actually last week, you know, we came out that, you know, she had a slip up in her quote unquote sobriety. She was on Watch What Happens Live on Tuesday with uh Dolores. I'm sorry, with Margaret Josephs from uh, Jersey and let us know, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, she faced it supposedly and, and she says, you know, she's working through a recovery, which a lot of people pointed out. She says that a lot, but, you know, like she still came on Watch What Happens a lot. It's got to be so weird to like, you know, part of her brand is she has to do those Watch What Happens live appearances because it's good for her and her brand. And I just like they kind of like, dealt with it really quickly and just moved on and everything was normal. And I don't know, like, I don't know enough about falling from sobriety or, or how that I works, how that we the, should be treating it. I mean, I imagine the watch what happens live environment isn't great for a sober person or for someone struggling with sobriety, but not according to Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no shout out to, uh, Luann for actually facing it. So we will see what happens because she has to go on tour now and I guess getting out in front of it, like she can't go to rehab because she has tour dates like in all these different places. So I don't know. I, I just wonder. Yeah. What I hope she takes is. care of herself. That's what's most important. But damn, I mean, looks gorgeous for like, for having like an alcohol, but like has better skin than I do. I mean, definitely. She does now look has great. Skin. Yeah. She does um, look great. Okay. So Sophie, happy 30th. As you Thank leave you. your 20s, uh, have you gotten wistful at all? Is there something you're carrying into your 30s? Is there a thought that you're having of, I want my 30s to be this, and I'm so glad my 20s showed me this? Because a lot of our listeners are your age. And what should we feel around this time? Well, I think that you're not supposed to have it all figured out by now. And a lot of people have said that their favorite the 30, their 30s are their favorite and that everything good that they have in their life happened after age 30. So hearing that, I'm like excited. I'm excited. I don't have it all figured out clearly. Um, it's been like just a tough, I have like really bad seasonal depression right now. Um, Why do you think? 
I just seasonal depression. Seasonal? Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like, it's been so gross. I buy this time every single year. And that's why I hate my birthday. Also, it's like the end of March. And like, it's like January, February, March are always like the worst months. And I'm just like over the cold. I'm over the bad weather. But anyway, I'm still, I realize that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. The universe is looking out. You're exactly where you're supposed to be too. And yeah, I'm excited for my thirties. Well, you guys, please send birthday wishes to Sophie. Go subscribe to her podcast. Go rate and review five stars. Also, go subscribe to her Substack. We didn't even get to talk about Caroline Galloway today, but there's a whole article on her Substack that takes us through that. And that is an ever-evolving story because I know yes. she's on Kat Marnell's Patreon, put it behind a paywall. And she's acting like nothing happened, even though... Also, uh, Caroline posted, she was like, I'm publishing my next Kat Marnell collaboration. It's like, you're, you're not doing anything. Kat is writing and publishing it. Like she acts like it's a clock. Uh, anyway, sorry. But also to go to like she was taken to court and she was like laughing about it. I'm like, yeah, what a wild move to show that you still aren't taking any of this seriously. Hopefully that's just an act, and hopefully she is scared a little bit because that's the only way you learn is realizing you're wrong. But whatever, that's okay. Uh, Sophie, happy 30th birthday to you. Thank Truly you. An amazing um, and, and I, and what, a, what a good guy, like you are on a trip with your guy. This guy seems like a real good guy. So congrats to you on, uh, on finally, finally getting one. Hey, <laughs> it guy, took huh? me a while, Hey-o. but Hey-o. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being one of the reasons my twenties were so fabulous. Woo! Woo! Goodbye twenties. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, Okay, I'm going to do that in the beginning. I have a tribute to Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, and it just made me like, but I'm not going to do that. We're going off on a good note. You guys, we love you. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Five, four. Betches.